0: those people that migrated to uh ohio michigan indiana during the 40s or whatever they lived to come back here they would leave on i've read stories about where they couldn't wait to friday night they would get their family their wife their kids in the car and they would drive to whatever county they were from in eastern kentucky and on they were packed. They, they were, for yeah, and then they, they they did this every single weekend. They and, never
1: forgot their roots either. Right. Have you read some of the stories I've read? The people that went up there, the uncles and the aunts and everything, they wanted to spend as much time with us as they possibly could. So we got up on Saturday morning, they jumped in there, they hitched up a mule, and women grabbed the hose and everything, they went out there and helped work the corn and tobacco patch out and all that stuff. They hadn't forgot how to drive a mule or how to plow or how to hoe, they helped us get to work mature enough so that we could all relax together, you know, and enjoy mm-hmm. it. The family thing. So those folks never forgot how to work it. And it wasn't ones down evening. here and one forgot how to work it <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't easy yeah. because like now it might take like four
2: hours to get there. Not then be it would all was seven.
1: And we all made dinner on the ground here yeah. to go and get up there. But. When we lived in Indianapolis, even down here of course
2: Mount Parkway wasn't there and nothing. And we had to come through uh, uh, madison indiana we came 421 or we went through cincinnati at 52 but it was a seven hour drive and what were you talking about the weekend on friday night we had everything packed ready i remember my job was to polish daddy's shoes and as soon as daddy came in the door he took a shower mother had something quick ready for us to eat and we headed out but even by that time it was like six so it was like one in the morning when we got down here, you know, and then on Sunday night, mother always wanted to leave around two, and daddy and I disappeared, you know, because we didn't want to leave that early, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd go up in the woods and play, and daddy go off wherever, and uh, mother'd have to just, you know, keep feeding on us, and, you know, calling us and stuff, and so usually we didn't get out of here till like five, so then it's like midnight, Sunday night, and, uh, we had a cold furnace in Indianapolis. We were probably the only person there that had a cold furnace you had to feed. So we always came home to like a cold, cold house, you know. But we didn't care, you know, we didn't care. But that that was it. I mean, and at first it was like every other weekend, you know, and then over the years it got, you know, less frequent. But I remember those Fridays, we couldn't wait till Daddy walked through that front door and we had everything ready, you know, and we were out of there. What do you remember of Halliburton, the town? Oh my gosh, that would take a long time. <laughs> okay, just just yeah. the, the kind of gist uh, of what was there and what the biggest industry was. What most well, of the there really was. wasn't an industry yeah. by that time. Now, my mother, uh, when my mother was growing up there, they moved up from Old and My mother was like, I think maybe eleven. She went. Who to was a, your mother? Uh, Geneva Ross. Yes, yes. And she went to a one-room schoolhouse out at Cresma because the Terrys, her mm-hmm. uh, maternal family, lived at Cresma. Yeah. And uh, so she tells stories about, you know, walking across one of those swinging bridges and all like that. But uh, when Mother was growing up there, there was a restaurant called Mrs. Cecil's because the railroad was really big then. Yes. And there was Quillet Hotel. Mira mirror that was in that restaurant is in the personal. I mean, in the senior citizens place at Bumble. Oh, it is. A beautiful, big I'll have Here. to see that. Sometime. Yeah, weird, huh? My mother worked there We're as a young girl. girl. She Talk worked in Mrs. Cecil. We'll and she talked about us. making those hand pies, you know. And mm-hmm. the guys on the railroad would call. Yeah. 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 And they'd ask for those hand pies. And she said they'd make tons and tons of them and wrap them in wax paper. And then the guys would come through and eat them uh, and get them. They could eat them on the train. But yeah, the hotel, the Pulitz Hotel. Was there and Mrs. Cecil's and then of course Updikes and I remember there were lots of stores there when I was even growing up. Not as many, of course, as when my mother was there. But mother and I would go over to the train station and ride the train up to Babyville, and then uh, you know we'd walk up and there were there were several stores along between Updikes and the, the post office. And uh, there was a little uh, snow cone place, and uh, you know there was still quite a bit, but nothing like what mother tells. How much did it cost to ride the train from Halliburton to Babel? Do you remember? I don't know. I'd have to ask mother. Probably a nickel, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember it was the first black person I ever saw was a conductor. You know, and I was so scared, and he was so nice to me, but I was so terrified because I'd never seen. You know, we didn't have TV, you know, and so I'd never seen a black person before, and I guess we'd had black conductors before. Well, now, Mrs.
0: Lightfoot, years ago, they had a black school. Um, Cold Branch. Yeah, yeah, up at Cold Branch, Mrs. Lightfoot, Lena Lightfoot taught. And her husband, um, Charles Lightfoot, and then they had a son named Charles Lightfoot. He was the fastest runner in Lee County. Yeah, yeah. He could fly.
2: They worked in the bank, worked for the bank.
0: Yes. But my dad was a fox hunter, and he and Charles Lightfoot, he was at our house quite often because my dad doctored dogs. He thought he was a vet. (laughs) And and he actually gave them shots and, you know, he self-taught. No one died, I guess, but none of them died. But anyway, but Charles Lightfoot was at our house, and we just didn't think anything about it. I mean, certainly we weren't racist. You know, it was just not an issue. They were just well, the. I mean, they were people just like we were. Well, you didn't have the propaganda probably uh infiltrated to where you were talking. Right, Uh and then there was that Melissa that used to iron for people. Yeah, Miss Melissa, sweetest lady ever. She worked for
2: the uh, beaches and the.
1: And Nancy Hall
0: and TK Hall, she ironed for
1: them. Not long ago, I had a story about one of the first funerals I remember was with this black person's house Now i'll tell you they worked on the railroad with uh, my dad and my grandpa and all that we were brought up to treat everyone the way we wanted to be treated and rule it was never a problem we may have called a couple of them something to be politically incorrect today but it's what they call themselves so it uh they they work with us and for us that uh uh, they they'd were come friends. They Kill hogs and so forth and yeah. so on. Dad always gave them a fan of meat and stuff, you know. They were, well, they it was just, just part of life, you know, they were there. You, in those days, so, you uh, celebrated your differences. You didn't, uh, make an issue of them, you know. Right. Uh, we knew we were different. We knew that, uh, but it was no problem there, you know. We respected each other's face, so.